So we started this series last week and we said that the church is the table where the hungry come to get fed. And we based this on what Jesus said in John chapter six, verse 35. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Um, What we're saying in this series is if you are spiritually thirsty, if you are spiritually hungry, it means you've been feeding on something other than Jesus Christ. And the church, our responsibility is to provide a table week in and week out where the hungry can be fed. And, and we said last week that we're trying to do, reach two different folks. Uh, we're trying to build believers and we're trying to serve seekers. A believer is someone who's in the family of God. A seeker is someone who's not in the family of God. Well, how do we do that? Well, every week we have a table and we invite people to come. And this table has three distinct types of people in three different chairs. This chair is the mature believer in Christ. This is the person who's already stepped across the line of faith. They know how to read the Bible. They know how to pray. They're giving of their time, their talents, and their treasures for a kingdom that lasts longer than this one, an eternal kingdom, God. So this is, this is the mature believer. So a church should be, have at least a third mature believers. The second third should be baby believers. These are people who have just stepped across the line of faith. They're their faith is fresh. They may not know everything. They may not have any church background whatsoever, but they said, we believe Jesus Christ is Lord and we want to bow down before him. We want him to save us and adopt us into his family. And then we said that there's a third chair in a healthy church. And this chair is made up of cocaine snorting, skirt chasing, lost people. Now I shared with you last week that David Starkey was here and he's been here for several years. I don't even know how many years David um, has been here, but the very first time David came, he and a friend were sitting back here at the back, and I said, this church, come hell or high water, we're going to reach cocaine, snorting, skirt, chasing lost people. He and his buddy look at each other, and they say, how do you know we were here? And, and like I said, I told you, I didn't even know how long ago that was, but last week, David wrote something on his card. He's always writing something on his card almost every week, some really interesting things. Here's what he said last week, and when I'm sitting in my lazy boy recliner uh, in the afternoon before my God-appointed Sunday afternoon nap, I'm reading this card, and I got teary-eyed with what David said. Listen to this. Because I said, he came, somebody invited him, he came. He said, I came back because the people showed me you meant it. See, the people in New Life had my back. It wasn't just a pastor up here talking about something and the people saying, forget what the pastor says. The church will never more successful than the people out here, whether you have my back or not. I'm going to preach what I believe God calls me to preach. Casey, when he comes up here, he's going to preach. The backup pastor will be here in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, (laughs) Janie and I are going to a conference, a praying Pelican conference on Haiti, um, where we get to talk about some stuff and pray about some stuff, but he'll be here in a couple of weeks. Whoever is coming up here, we're going to give you the word of God, but you have to feed on it and act on it. So David said, I came back because the people here showed me you meant it. Listen to this. I found a sponsor here. Now this one, this is what got me teary-eyed. He said, people loved me when I hated me. I've heard a lot of stories of how you came to Christ. In fact, I heard some stories right here in this room uh, during my small group. We're, We're listening to somebody's story every week. And some of you have shared the story that you hated yourself. And someone loved you into the kingdom. People here loved me when I hated me. People fed me physically and spiritually and invited me into their homes. That's when it becomes real, people. When we, when we don't just say we believe it, we actually live it out. Um, and so as I'm reading this, I was reminded of a saying I heard years ago. 
And here it is. There is nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. The problem is most churches I've been in have not been working right. And I'm not saying we always get it right. Please don't hear me saying that. But I'm going to hold up this David Starkey. I'm going to hold up some of you all that our church took samples of the Savior, the bread of life, and we handed it out to people who were hungry, and they fed on that, and they gave their life to Christ, and every time that happens, that's the local church working right. Somebody ought to get excited about that. <clears throat> yeah, thanks. Travis, he's heard it before. I uh, heard it in the first service. Uh, so we're going to keep doing this. this is what, why our church exists. We're going to put all of our time, not all, but the majority of our time and energy into this weekend service because it's where we have the table. It's where we have the three chairs. It doesn't take a mental giant to realize this is where we have the biggest crowd and we have the three chairs. Now, the problem is we have competition for what goes on on Sunday mornings, right? Um, there's at least two problems that we have that, that keep people from coming to church. Number one is complacency. People just get complacent. And, and, and they, they don't show up for whatever reason. But the other thing is there's competition. There are other things going on on Sunday mornings. Didn't used to happen when I was a kid. Nothing was going on on Sunday morning. Might as well go to church. Now all kinds of things are happening. And let me just tell you, I am jealous for the local church. Anything that is in competition with the local church, I'm going to have some issues with because this is the table where the hungry come to get fed. Jesus, actually God, God made two institutions. He, he created two institutions on this planet. Number one is the physical family in the Garden of Eden when he created Adam and Eve. He saw that Adam was alone. That wasn't good. He created Eve. The physical family. When Jesus Christ, he said, I will build my church. So the physical family and the spiritual family, the church was created by Jesus Christ himself. Be careful. Anything that's in competition with the local church. When you make the weekend a priority and you come and you, you invite other people to come. You're offering samples of the Savior. God put you where you are. God put me where I am so that we would hand out samples of the bread of life to people who are hungry. Lots of people are passing by and they are one conversation. They're one crumb of bread. They're one meal away from stepping into the kingdom of God. And maybe you're the one who's supposed to offer that. Today, I want to talk to you about five levels of commitment, but I'm, uh, it's actually five circles of commitment, but I call it the levels of commitment. Go ahead and put that up there. So here's, here's what is represented at our church. In the middle is the core. These are the people, the musicians that are here week in and week out, the people who work back in the children's area, the, the folks who are back here running our sound and our computer and allowing us to stream these services. These are the folks week in and week out who serve. They know Jesus, they're growing in Jesus, and they're committed to service, the, the center circle. Now, you also notice as the circles go out, they get, they get wider. There's more people as the circles go out because it requires more commitment, the first the further you go in, the more committed you have to be, the fewer people are going to step up and say, I'll be responsible, I'll be committed to that. So the people in the middle are committed to serving other people. You move out a little bit, we call them committed. These people are committed to spiritual growth. They are growing Christians, they know how to read the Bible, pray, and give, but for whatever reason, they're not engaged in a ministry right now, but they are committed to spiritual growth. The next one out, we call the congregation. These are the people who have committed to joining our church. They're a part of New Life Community Church. They said, we believe God has called us here. You can count on us. So they're committed to being a part of the congregation. The next is the crowd for obvious reasons. These are people who are committed maybe to attendance or maybe they're committed now to watching us online on the streaming. And then the last one is the community. This is anybody who's within driving distance of New Life Community Church or now that we're streaming anybody that we can reach for Christ through the internet. 
Now, how do you move from one circle to the other? That's, that's what I want to talk to you about today. So we have mature people who feed on the word of God week in and week out. They push back from the table because it's not enough just to feed on the word of God. You have to do it. Faith without works is dead, James said. So mature people feed on the word of God. They push back and they serve. They exercise. They serve baby believers. They serve seekers who are far from God and they do it on a regular basis. And we believe that when you do that, when you're handing out those samples of the Savior to these these hell-bound people, eventually they're going to come to church. And when they come to church, they can can observe worship, but hell-bound people cannot worship God because they don't know him. They do not have the Holy Spirit, and so spiritual things are foolishness to them, but they can watch people worship, and they can be moved by it. Happened to me when I was in college. We went to England. We sang in a castle, and a young lady who was our tour operator, 19 years old at the time, she came up to me after we sang a song about the love of Christ, and she said, what was that? I've never experienced it before in my life. I got to tell this young lady in a castle in England about Jesus because she observed us worshiping the Lord. So so hell-bound people can observe worship, they can't worship, but here's what they can do. They can feed on the word of God because you don't have to be a Christian to obey the word of God. If God says to do marriage this way and you do marriage this way, guess what? You find out God knows what he's talking about and your marriage is better. If God says do business this way and you do business this way, whether you're a Christian or not doesn't matter. It's going to bless you because that is supernatural words. You may not know it's supernatural, but you obey it and God does some amazing things through you. You go, hey, this stuff works. God works because he he inspired his word and it feeds people. So you don't have to be a Christ follower to obey and to taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34, eight says, taste and see. How do non-Christians taste and see? First of all, you serve them and then they begin to obey God and eventually they're gonna say, this God is so good, I have to give my life to him and I'll never be the same. That's what we try to do over and over. And eventually, we believe that if they taste enough, they're gonna give their heart and their life to Christ and they're gonna move into the second chair, which is baby believers. And we're gonna do everything we can to help them grow up. When they do that, we're gonna invite them to our uh, 101 class, which is our church membership class. Why do we want you to be members? Well, there's a whole bunch of reasons, but there's at least two reasons. Um, there are two things you cannot do by yourself. And, and one of them is get married. Now, uh, somebody's gonna try to marry themselves, but right now, you know, you can't. There's some wacko judge will try to change the rules. You watch, it's gonna happen. But right now, you cannot get married by yourself. The second thing you cannot do, it's impossible to do by yourself, is live like Christ. Jesus Christ was, in fact, he he calls the church the bride of Christ. If you do not like the bride of Christ, do not try to tell me that you like Christ. If you don't like my wife, you're gonna have issues with me. I understand you're not liking me. Everybody likes Janie. Right? I understand that, but she might have issues if you don't like if you don't like the bride of Christ, you have a problem in your heart towards Christianity. So don't tell me you're a mature believer if you can't stand church. Um you can't live like him. In fact, there are not there are fifty commands in the New Testament that you cannot obey if you're not a part of a local church. It's all the one another's in the New Testament, over 50 of them, love one another, serve one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. You can't do that if you're not a member of a local church. And so Jesus called the church the bride of Christ. You can't get married by yourself. You cannot live like Christ by yourself. There are things that need to be done. There are people that need to be reached. There's ministries we hadn't even thought of yet that you're supposed to start here. 
but you've got to be obedient to Christ before that happens. And so we're going to help you grow up. We're, we're going to offer all kinds of Bible classes, but here's something I noticed about Bible classes. It doesn't matter how good they are. They don't do any good to people who don't attend. Best, we've got good studies here. We'll never benefit people who don't come in the door. It will benefit those who come, but not those who don't. Now, if, uh, if you're not committed to spiritual growth, you are not going to grow. That, that's, just, that's just the bottom line. See, you don't get stuck spiritually. Here's Jesus. This cross represents Jesus. Here's you. It can't be me because it's a stick figure with hair on it, but um, I was going for the majority of the people. I see, Eddie's, I see some shine on Eddie's head. Um, so the minority are those bald, beautiful people in here. Uh, anyway, so you don't stay stuck as a Christian. As a Christian, you're either moving towards Jesus or you're moving away. How many of you have ever been stuck in the middle of a lake when your engine won't start on your boat? I've done it. Travis has done it recently. Um, I've done it. Do you ever drift toward where you want to go? I have never done that when I've been stuck in the middle of a lake. I've always drifted away. I never stayed in one place unless I was anchored to something. You don't stay somewhere spiritually unless you're anchored. You're going to move away. I've been in a river. I've been um, sand bass fishing many times, and I figured out I don't ever drift towards where I want to go. I drift the opposite direction. You will drift spiritually. You're not going to be stuck spiritually. You're going to move towards Christ or you're going to move away from Christ. It's not enough to feed on the word of God. You have to do it. And spiritual exercise is obeying what Jesus has told you to do. Now, the people who only feed on the word of God and never serve, Jennifer, would you bring that to me? The people who only feed on the word of God, I call them the sitters and never servers. Do you know what chair? There's a special chair for them. Do you know what chair they sit in? She's bringing it over here. What, what is this? What's that called? Oh, yeah, but I'm going to say that it's not a high chair. No, it's the eye chair. Because people who sit in this chair, it's all about me. My booty is almost too big to fit in that chair. I've been doing this several years, and I used to fit better. The people in here, oh, I need more worship. I need more Bible study. I, 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 I. Feed me, Daddy. Feed me, Mommy. It's all about me because I'm the center of the universe. Hey, 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 I'm fat, Albert. Because that's what happens to people who only sit in the eye chair. It's all about me. They never exercise. And the crazy thing is, people in the eye chair want a pastor. Every church I've been in, they want a pastor to turn his back on lost people, turn his back on baby Christians, turn his back on mature Christians, and only focus on them. And let me tell you about a leadership principle we have at New Life. We will love people in the eye chair, but we will not let them run the church. Please put that up on the screen. That's your next slide. New life leadership principle. We will love you. We will feed you. You're not going to be a leader in this church. Because you know the only person that, that really looks good in the high chair? Someone like this. That's my grandson, Waylon. Man, he is digging that food. That it, it, you see his eyes, that is his personality. He just loves life. He loves eating. But let me tell you something. If a year from now my grandson looks just like that, we're going to be consulting major medical experts in the United States. And if five years from now my, my grandson still looks like that, if 10 years from now my grandson still, we're going to be, we're going to be having emergency meetings 
to try to figure out what's wrong. Why isn't my grandson growing? See, too many churches I've been in, people have been Christians 50, 60 years. They look just like that. They're still sitting in this chair. And I'm just telling you right now, today is an emergency meeting. If you've been a Christian very long and you're still like you were 10, 20 years ago, get your butt out of the eye chair. And the way you do that is you begin reading the scripture, you begin serving someone other than yourself. And then without knowing it, you'll move from baby Christian into mature Christian. Because Jesus Christ said, I came to serve, not to be served, and to give my life a ransom for many. Don't tell me you're following Jesus if you're not a servant and if you're not giving your life as a ransom for other people. It's impossible to be the right kind of follower. So we're gonna love you. You're not gonna run this church, not, not as long as I have breath. Now, I told you that we're supposed to build believers, those in the family, and serve seekers, those outside the family. How do we do that? Well, we build bridges. Perry heard this sermon earlier, so he gave you a little preview. When we're streaming, we're building a bridge to people outside these walls, and we want people to come here. We have a new app, um, and we'll put up the slide. I forgot to do that earlier. You may have seen it. We have a church app where you can, you can actually get the, the notes, the, the listening guide. It'll be on there. Uh, all of our activities, if you um, don't do it now, but if you text NLCCP space app, to 77977, we'll, it'll be on the slide later. You can download the app and it's gonna have a lot of really cool stuff. Here's the deal. <clears throat> we, wanna, we wanna be a church that builds bridges and, and the Christian Motorcycle Association, I can't think of a better bridge than that because he already told you, people see the bikes and they wanna come and then they begin to talk. It just makes sense to me. They're gonna have a, their, their big meeting in Rusk in a, in a few weeks. Janie and I, I, I hope we get to go and eat a burger with them after they do their 100 mile ride and, and just hear more about the CMA, what they're doing. It's a great way to build bridges. We should be all about building bridges with people outside the church because the, 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 the ministry of the church never ends. Now, what I want to ask you to do is I want you to, I want you to ask yourself where you are in this process. Let me put up this little baseball diamond real quick and let me just run through this. Uh, this is home plate. This is first base, second base, third base. Anybody unclear on a baseball diamond? Just, just checking. Okay. Now, when you move to first base, we believe that's knowing Christ. So when you accept Christ, you're on first base. When you decide to commit to spiritual growth, growing in Christ, you move to second base. We have a 201 class, Casey's working on that, which will help you discover the habits necessary to grow spiritually. We already have a class about serving Christ. It's, um, we call it network. It's how you discover your spiritual gift and what you're supposed to do with that gift. If you're a Christ follower, you have at least one gift given to you by God to serve the church. But here's the thing I learned. I, I, I was playing baseball. My brothers told me this. My brother's 12 and 14 years older than me. They had me throwing a baseball in my backyard in my diaper before I could walk. So I've been playing baseball a long time. I love baseball, even though my, my, my Rangers are strangers to winning. Um, I'm calling them the strangers right now. Have to, have to root for the Astros. <clears throat> All right. Here's what I learned. There's a, there's a category when you go to a baseball game and it's up on the screen. It's L-O-B, left on base. And actually, it's a category for how big a failure you are in that game? Because do you get points for the number of people left on base? 
You only get points when they cross home plate. I think it's the same in the kingdom of God. I'm not gonna get credit before God because just you came to Christ. He may say, woo-hoo, but I'm gonna get credit when I move people around, when I constantly spur you on towards love and good deeds is what the scripture says. And when you cross home plate, when you start serving and sharing Christ, that's when I know you have moved into the mature Christian chair. So where are you in the process? Do you know Christ? Have you joined a church? Are you growing in Christ? Are you serving Christ? Are you sharing Christ? Wherever you are today, step one, take one step closer to Jesus. If you want to take 10 steps, that's great, but I know that's not likely. We just want you to feed from God's word and begin serving. Now, one last thing, and, and we're done. Some of you need to start giving. And, and here's what I, I want to tell you. I'm, I'm giving, in fact, I got it right here. I'm going to hand it to Perry right now. I'm giving 100 bucks to, to the, and I don't care whether you think that's a lot of money or not. I'm just telling you, I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not going to do. This goes to the CMA. I carried that around because I believe that's what God told me to give. So we're going to give you an opportunity to give, but that $100 does not come out of my tithe, my 10%. My 10% goes to the church. I don't give it to, to Haiti. I pay over and above to go to Haiti. Um, I don't give it to um, Compassion International. We have three children. We have two children in Haiti that we sponsor. $38 per child per month. That doesn't come out of my 10%. It comes after. That's what I call giving. Um, 10% is what's required. Offering is anything above that. So I give to the local church. So Perry's right. Don't you dare take out of the local church to give to them. But I think that most people here, you've got a little bit extra. And wouldn't it be cool to, to help them reach their goal of $15,000? You can do that. But here's the thing. Some of you are feeding on the word of God regularly, but you're not giving anything. And it's kind of like going to a restaurant when somebody doesn't ever pick up the check. Oh, I got to do it again. I got to do it again. Let me just say, I don't care whether you give or not. I'm giving 10% to the church. But some of you have been coming a while and it's time to step up. Every time I give 10%, I'm reminded that money is not God. God is God. Every time I give 10%, I'm being reminded that there is something bigger than this world than possessions. And some of you, you're not being blessed financially because you've never acknowledged God with your wallet. I'm just suggesting maybe you want to try it. And, and if you're a lost person, I want you to ask God if he's real to show you if he's real and ask God to show you if we're real. And if he's real and we're real, then come and join us in this mission. See, the last thing I want to do is be a me church. I want you to watch this video and then we'll finish. Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I have a busy work week, and by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm tired. So how about a church service that starts when I get there? Can do. When you arrive, we begin. This guy, he plays by his own rules. We want to find a church where if he starts screaming, we're not the bad guys. Right? Come here. Say no more. If your baby's screaming, you stay seated. The others around you can leave. You know, financially, Sherry and I don't give a lot to the church, but we'd sure like to know who does. All right, if you join now, you'll know what every person gives in detail. When I'm in the church service, can my car get a buff and a wax? Not just that, but an oil change and a tune-up. 
Hey, how about tickets to the Super Bowl? That's asking too much. I'm serious. If I'm going to join, I want tickets to the big game. All right. You join now, and we'll get you there. I like a pony. Look in your backyard. Me Church, where it's all about you. It would be funnier if it wasn't so sad, but I've been in churches like that when, when it's all about me. And if you, if you don't make it about me, I'm leaving. And, and so sometimes we're not even that nice about it. If, if you want to sit in this chair, new life is not for you. If you want to serve the Savior, we welcome you. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you enable us to reach more and more people for Christ. Thank you for the CMA being here today. Thank you for Perry sharing. And and God, I pray that folks would step up and be generous with your money. You gave us, you give us even our breath, God. So how can we dare say it's my money and I'm not gonna share that? God, I want us to share our lives. I want us to be a people that serves. And so I ask that you stir up within us a desire to be like Jesus and to serve like Christ. We pray this in the name of Jesus, amen.